You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And today, we're doing a year in hardcore. We're trapped in the fucking time machine. The Wayback Machine is sending us to yesteryear. But before we do that, let's say what's up to our sponsors. Thank you to Closed Casket Activities. Buck! Thank you to Run For Cover Records. Blam! Blam! Thank you to To Live A Lie Records. Pop! Check out this new spy record that's coming very soon. Today, we are talking about Deathwishink. All right. Guys, they were the obvious choice for today's episode because the subject of the day, um, they might as well have a uh, title credit on today's episode. Um, we don't want to just focus on their past. Uh, we spoke on the recent signing, Ch- Chastity. We spoke on Greet Death, who has a new single out. Um, you really got to check that out. The I Hate Everything. I think it might just be a digital single, but check that. We talk all the time about their art prints, the Ranger merch, etc. But guys, Deathwish also dominated hardcore for a very long time. Right now, they're doing some different stuff. I'm excited to see what comes next. Talk to Trey. Uh, not long ago, he was really excited about the chastity signing, and he's just like, "Hey, we're you know getting wheels up. Things have just been evolving, getting a bunch of stuff. I know they've been behind the scenes working on a bunch of stuff." But uh, talk to me, talk to me about Deathwish, like one of the finest purveyors of aggressive music. Correct? Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, as I always tell people, if you don't love their releases, because for I would say they've had like probably three distinct eras. And if none of those really appeal to you, you've almost certainly still done business with them because they've got the best mail order. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really like, I don't know anybody that doesn't like death wish because even if you're not big on the big on the sound, <clears throat> which again has been like really three and a half sounds probably yeah. uh, you, you still like the fact that their records arrive to you in about a day and a half. So Shout out to Deathwish. Shout out to Deathwish. Uh, check Shout them out, out at com. Tom, anything on them? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like you said, they <clears throat> around the time that we're about to speak on, they mm-hmm. really had a fucking stranglehold on, on hardcore. Um, and I think in a time, you know, people get spoiled because of like Amazon and shit like that. Oh, yeah. There were times that like I would order something and be like, I just hit send, and like it, it's on my doorstep already. <laughs> back then, like, especially back then, still now, but like I, they literally would be like, 
did like Trey like drop this off like and not <laughs> say anything or something? Like, yeah, he, did, like, he, he had a gig to go to in NYC, so he's like, oh, I'll just take all the New York yeah, orders. And like drop it would literally them off, be like, like a Santa day Claus. or two. I'm like, this is right. absurd. Yeah, well, like uh, they were so, always the best, and and he still are. So, so shout out to them. Uh, check them out. Order something you haven't heard. Maybe you'll have some suggestions to hear uh, something to order today. So, uh, guys, we're all going to use our iPhone threes. Uh, the 3GS, I believe. Um, mm. Check out that New York Yankees World Series victory. Oh, uh, over the uh, Phillies! Over the Phillies, the the end of the the start of the end of the Phillies uh, little run there. Um, maybe you guys remember the Steelers beating the Cardinals. Pretty good Super Bowl. Pretty good Super Bowl. Fuck Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakers beat the Orlando Magic. Uh, Five game series, great series. Who's the star on the Magic? That was Dwight Howard. Oh, that was oh. Dwight Howard Magic. That was, yeah. was that was that a Shaq? Kobe. No, that's that's Kobe Powell, Powell Gasol, Lamar oh, wow. Odom. So that was the f- second of three straight finals runs for that group. The Jesus. first one they lost to the Celtics. Second one they beat the Magic. Third one they beat the Celtics. So nice little rounding out. Anything um, is possible. Anything is possible. Uh, guys, Barack Obama was inaugurated as the 44th president in January of 2009. Michael Jackson died. Swine flu. A lot going on. And hardcore. So let's talk about the year in hardcore 2009. Swine flu. Yo, before we get into this, how are you guys doing? How are we feeling today? <clears throat> uh, every bad feeling I've had towards music was kicked up in the last 24 hours. I, I don't. I I don't want to inquire any further. I I, I listen to music from two thousand nine, Tom. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> two thousand nine. Um. So, before we get in, um, we always do this one. For, so so if it's a year Patrick likes, he he says some like, oh, I was surprised. Or if it's a year he was like, wash on, he he says, oh, I'm exhausted. So we we got yeah. that out of the way. Like I can't believe you made me. It's like the equivalent of like. When like a kid hurts himself and he looks at you like, "Why'd you let me do that?" Yeah, that's how, I mean that is how I felt at the end of this. Also, <laughs> le- uh, the big non shout out to Spotify. I had uh, twelve hours to listen to twenty four hours of music, and I have the no pay Spotify. So it's like it's uh, it just hitting me with ad after ad after ad, and I'm like, I'm never gonna get to fifty lions at this rate. <laughs> or you could use the uh, A two G account. Yeah, mm. which Probably is under my family account. Yeah, should Tom somehow because of the Patrick, it's going to get like a virus, or like you'll end yeah. up and there's just porn. He's watching porn on Spotify. Can I point something somehow. out though? Yeah, Pat saying he only had 12 hours to listen to 24 hours worth of music. <laughs> the uh, playlist was 40 hours. Was the playlist 40 hours? I saw 24 hours of music. 40 hours in your dreams. 40 hours and 35 minutes. I'm looking at it right now. Holy mm. fuck. Yo, even even more. Where's that? Where's that one and a half, two times speed? Yeah, At that exactly. point, though, Patrick forgets and's like, "Yo, all the man, Fastcore was in." Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's what would happen. Shit. Um, all right, let's do this, guys. Um, where were you at in two thousand nine? Tom, start us off. Uh, graduated law school, took the bar. Congratulations. Good Thank year. You very much. Um, went to Chicago for Burning Fight. Mm, mm. Played a pre-show with Converge and Hope. Uh, 
Converge, Wait in Vain, and Poison Planet, I believe. Okay. Sounds right. Um, played Black and Blue Bowl with Earth Crisis and Crown of Thorns, I think. True. In Brooklyn. Um, that was it. I literally spent from May, like, it was literally two months, like, 15 hours a day studying for the bar exam. So this year was kind of a blur. I I imagine. What was your study setup? Were you like, were you at a spot? Were you like in your apartment? Just in my apartment. I took like a, like a, I literally took two months off of work. Oh, wow. Nice. Like there was no way you could do this otherwise. No, no, no. I mean, that's, that's every, I mean, anybody who I, who I know who's taken the bar and actually, you know, passed, took it this, that level of serious. It was like, Oh yeah, like I I just quit everything else in my life and and did this. So you know whether yeah, it was I mean, like a month or yeah. yeah, you just are jammed up if you don't. So yeah. And you did you you took it in New York? I mean, you took it in New York, but did you take it in the city? Yeah, you took it at Javits Center, right? Yeah, I took it at the Javits Center, where right. which is like where like half of the people in in the entire state of New York take it. Right, and the other half takes it in, like, Buffalo, right? Well, I mean, you, there's certain places. Like, they have places all over the state. Like, you can be okay, like, oh, okay. I live closer to fucking, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. But most people that are taking the New York bar or with or the closest places to the Javits Center. So it was, like, 4,000 people in the Javits Center. Okay. okay. So it's 4,000 people in one room. That's wild. Like, even That's if it's stupid. silent, you can hear it. Yeah, of course. There's, like, a you- weird, like that weird buzzing just from, like, human electricity almost. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, yo, it, even it's insane. Just, even people who are silently breathing, you can you can hear it. Yeah, like. did I never tell you this story? Yes. I, think, my I brief... think I remember a story from. Yeah, the, 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 you ripped about a, giant a guy truck. that might have been. Oh. yeah, like handing off. You... Oh no! Okay, tell us this. Okay, so there were two things. So you they, you were very like you were only you're allowed to be like you think TSA is bad. You were allowed to bring one clear gallon um uh ziploc bag with everything okay so pencils a sandwich a fucking power bar whatever you whatever you could bring in there mm-hmm. whatever you can get in there that's, that's what you can bring so and they tell you where rubber soles where rubber soles about an hour into it some like people are taking like direct like they're taking everything they can to not go to the bathroom right <laughs> maximize your time right this woman literally walked for Felt like four hours in high heels. Click, 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 click. And I click. like I feel like I could hear like just everyone's like like murderous rage just like rise up. We had somebody that had a heart attack in our bar exam. Jesus Christ. Um but like it was the place is so big you didn't notice. He didn't <laughs> I mean thankfully he didn't die. But like, you didn't hear like the scrum like the scrum of like paramedics and shit. Yeah. Um and there was this guy so the way they – I'm sorry, everyone who finds this really boring, but no, the story is good. The There's best. a good payoff. I love There's it. a good payoff. So um, they they set it up. So you're out to bring a computer to do your essays in. And like they have this whole process of uploading and all this sort of stuff. Um, so it, the bar exam is two days. So it's like 16 hours almost over two days, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one that the entire nation takes, and then there's the state one, right? Yeah. So – so like th- this was a year they had banned um, uh, yellow highlighters because someone the year before figured out a way to highlight the ex- the entire exam and then send it oh, to people on the West right. Coast. Wow! 
because it was like some kind of whatever the fuck, some kind of machine that you could like scan the whole thing by like just a pen it. scanner almost. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's like so it's fucking chaos. It's like such chaotic nonsense, and um, there's like one proctor for like every like you're sitting at a table with like two other people. So maybe there's like four tables in this proctor's section. Mm-hmm. Ends up being this guy that grew up with my older sisters is my proctor, right? You know, and he's like, he comes over, he's like, hey, Tommy, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, because he, he, he had probably seen me since I was eight, and I was Tommy when I was eight. Yeah. And, you know, blah, 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 we're talking, you know, he's not he's not very friendly. He walks away. He apologizes later on to my sisters. He's like, I can't really be friendly yep. to the guy because he, they're going to think I'm, like, handing him, you know, notes yeah. and stuff. So there's this guy. He says that he go, he notices the dude goes into the bathroom, like, eight times during the course of, like, the day. Right. So him and another proctor are like, well, something's obviously going on. Like that kid has like so in law school you do like this thing called an outline, mm. which is literally like, let's make this into like the most kind of like you know, it's not easy, but like chunks of information. So it'll be Makes like, sense, you know, right. this, you know, this finding is this case, you know, this case and in this court, like all this kind of stuff. So they're like, he definitely has an outline hidden in the bathroom somewhere. So the last time he goes in the proctor, my friend, and this other guy goes in after him. And they're like, all right, it's over. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're going to have to report you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you obviously have an outline in here. You know, come on. Wow. We're gonna have to, like, you're going to have to like, cancel your test. You're going to, you know. And the guy goes, um, I don't I don't have um, anything in here. And they're like, well, you've been to the bathroom eight times today. He goes, I have a nervous condition that I need to masturbate. Oh, right. <laughs> and they're like, well, all right, sounds feasible. And they let him go. Wow. So I was just like, well, that's a great answer. You said I'm gonna try it. Was that was that was his last name Cuomo? <laughs> hey, I'm not a cheater, I'm just Italian. No, I don't I'm not um, a pervert, I'm just Italian. Well yo, have, uh, is, uh, do they make sweatshirt like uh sweatpants of that in Lavalette yet? They have to. They have to. If they they, they must exist already, right? Like uh, even, say that there, even there midsummer are, they missed it. Yeah. There are two billboards uh uh supporting Cuomo in upstate in uh, Albany right now. Uh, t- two two that are just like blatantly he saying these accusations are lies. <laughs> wow. Like, well, I had no idea people in Albany actually liked him. Everybody I've ever talked to in my entire life is like, I hate this fucking guy. So well, if I had leftover money, they're like, what do we got left? Oh, well, you want you want to put up? Uh, yeah, maybe. Over there? But maybe seven eighty seven eighty seven needs to know. Exactly. So, yes. Uh, what I understand is Cuomo poured all sorts of weird money into weird things like. Like uh, it was some kind of Catskills area, like recreation area or like a ski lodge or ski park. And it was kind of and it was like, yeah, Cuomo put all this money into it. We didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't ask questions, but it was weird because it was like we didn't really need a roller coaster or like the Alpine slide thing. But they kind of insisted and it seemed like it was directly from him because he kept mentioning it in every one of his speeches. (laughs) <laughs> it was as much as like this large, you know, endowment of this large property cost just for maintenance, just to put this thing in. So um, I think there were some people who at least uh, he might have greased a lot of wheels. We'll say that. I mean, sometimes you just want an Alpine slide to use on, you know, on your yeah. own sometimes. Absolutely. You, th- you think uh, Mr. Cuomo uh, isn't getting some after hours Alpine slide time? Shut it down. Shut it down. All right. Um Tom, graduating law school, yes, passing the bar, big shows, some big shows this year. We'll touch on some of those. Yeah, um, this is 
uh, Burning Fight was a big one. Fests were in full swing. I believe this year you have, you certainly have United Blood, you have Sound and Fury, you have This Is Hardcore, this is the last Sound and Fury I was directly involved in. Um, you have Great American Hardcore Fest, I believe. You have The Last Half Heart Show. Um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going that on. That does not year. compute. Holy shit. Okay. Yep. 2000, October, you know, end of October 29, right. 2009. Um, so, yeah, big, big year. Lots of shows. Patrick, where were you at in 2009? The internet. That's true. That's was true. Was this like your height of Bridge Nine internet? Must no. have been. Uh, no, Tom, I, it was years before. I don't know. I had legit trauma with this year is going to be tough to talk about because I was, oh, I know every band that we listened to. And it's because everything was <clears throat> hyped incessantly. And I was, I must've been so on the internet. You were that on I the just, internet, but this all is, of this stuff, just, this is not vocal internet, Patrick. This is observer internet, Patrick, which might've, you might not have, it's like the uh, spit valve of a trumpet, not being able to be unclogged. You're, you're just jammed up. It, I, whatever I was seeing, changed me because I hate everything that w- we experienced this week. <laughs> so so uh, wow. the, the, I feel internet PTSD from you gave away the this ending. era. I, what's that? You gave away the ending. Oh, <laughs> sorry. My bad. This um, all sucks. Thank you. Good night. We've been axing Um I believe you were booking a good amount of shows in Albany. That's probably true. Yeah, uh, do you probably true. Do you, do you want to venture a guess what you were doing for an occupation? I don't know. No, I don't have any idea. Did you try? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know. You're I don't living know. in Albany, I think. If I, if I was living in Albany, like so I think I lived in Albany in 2009. I think I lived in Albany end of 2009. Okay, no, not so, even end of 2009. I think through much of 2009, actually. Yeah, because so I moved that, to Albany in 2008. So yeah. you were booking Sound of Fury remotely? For 2009 only, yes. You got it. Okay. Or helping, but yeah. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. you were doing. Yeah. The three of us, yeah. Me, Tom, yes. Riley. Um, so this year, Pat and I lived together. Uh, end of year did tour with Have Heart for the Have Heart. last The last leg of the last Have Heart tour. Shout out to Have Heart. Shout out to those fellas. Shout out to Foundation who were on the tour. That's true. Who, who did very well like like very well yeah you're right you're totally right there was a torch handing of a sort there was a torch handing yeah like they 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 didn't killed it wasn't just like hey we're we're bequeathing this like foundation just like they just fucking rock those shows like uh, the south obviously right like it was like well obviously you know didn't they play the edison church the skeleton church yep and it killed killed uh that was the, a great show very good show the chicago show played. i remember being insane that was crazy which one what band played i feel like title fight played yeah yeah is that possible that? i yep. also remember there being uh, rumors that either rise and fall or justice were gonna play that i'm like you don't think they'd announce a band from not down the road i remember I believe- people being outside like dude justice and rise and fall are gonna play this i'm like but no one seems to know like they just hopped on a plane like what you know no it's one a saw the question. logical fallacy in that Rise and Fall, like the day may, of, like, yeah. Rise and Fall may have been recording. <coughs> oh, that would Justice, actually make sense then. Okay, Justice may have been in the states. Maybe I don't know. Oh, okay, I, so I it remember wasn't some vague. It wasn't completely one or the other. It was very likely. 
have been like rumored, but uh, we might have to get AV on the line to to ask oh, about yeah. that. Shout out to AV. Shout out to great venue. Greg, great Greg venue. Mongo. Oh, one of my favorites in Jersey. One hundred percent. Stelton Church. Like this is one of those things. Like I want to do a whole thing on here where we talk about great venues. Maybe we'll just do that episode really soon. So somebody else doesn't, um, but, but like the, not the, like, yo, uh, like, yeah, CBGBs. Yep. Yep. ABC, no real. Yep. Yep. Gilman street. Yep. 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 But there's all these venues over time that did a patch of shows like Stelton church probably only did shows for three years, maybe, maybe four max. It perfect. It was a really perfect size. You could space. take the train there. The train too. Yeah, you could yeah. walk from the train from you right. Could take right, the train exactly. up from Philly. You could take the train from New York. Uh, easy driving. Yeah, it was a good good venue. Sound was uh, nothing to speak of, but it wasn't bad. It was a DIY venue. I think yep. you know. Well, you know what though? That's the thing, right? Like, if it's not bad at a DIY venue, you go fine. Hundred percent. If it's, it's bad, it's uh, you know, it's a DIY yeah, venue. A lot of reverb. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so then I was uh, 2009. I graduated college in 2008, moved back east. I uh, was living in Albany, back and forth to Boston a little bit, um, Booktown and Fury. Uh, no real job to speak of. And uh, 2008 financial crisis was real. Like, I believe I was just selling my belongings to pay rent and car insurance and student loans, which was, that sounds about right. which was affordable, which you could do in Albany. Like, that's, that's is that true. why Albany was a choice? It was well, part of it. So I moved back east and was at my mom's spot for ten days, and I love my mother <laughs> like crazy. But I hadn't lived with my parents since I was nineteen. Yeah, you know, you know, my dad had passed, so whatever, you know. But but you know, and it wasn't wasn't like my mom was trying to like harp on me or anything, and like I could I could probably go stay there for longer now. But I was like, yo, I, I've been a grown up living on my own for a long time, right, like, right. I'm, so I think Pat's Pat had an open room, and it was just like, oh, it's three hundred dollars a month, sure. All right, so describe the living situation, living right. with Patrick Kenlin and whoever else. Paul. In 2009. All right. So, um, does it look like the van that he sleeps in? No, 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 no. His room was sparse. I think his room, similar to the room you have now, Patrick. Is that right? Yeah, just not a lot of shit. Not a lot of shit, which is a good vibe. Um, relatively clean. Uh, Paul, the other roommate, incredible human. Perhaps the most interesting of the three of us. Um, interesting life. One section of the house we never went into or or at all because it was like in the front and it was sort of like a slop zone and it was too cold over there. Didn't turn um, the heat on until it hit 55. All right. What's a slop zone? You just guys know. drop your shit? No, no. Like they're just – Patrick, can you describe this? What, what, what You know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, the it front might have been section of the left. house it might have been after you left, but there was a broken glass. Anyway, there, <laughs> there, there's an Albany style apartment, uh, which is so fucking depressing. Yes. Uh, the, the only place that makes Albany look good is Baltimore, which has the worst living situations imaginable. I, I actually, I think that supermax prisoners might have nicer accommodations than apartments in Baltimore, nope. but Hold on. Albany is a close second. There's a, it, it's a. It, it's called an Albany style. It's basically a two or three bedroom uh, with like a shit balcony out front. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's it's like uh, Windows. You know what I mean? It's closed in. Yeah, it's stupid. And yes. and there's uh, there's uh, two family. It's always yeah. a two family. Yes, upstairs uh, downstairs. And uh, and the front of ours had this little shit balcony, uh, but uh, also just ended up being a bit of storage. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I thought our living situation was decent. We yeah. had a dog that despite having short hair shed all the time. That's true. So that part is not, and we, and our roommate Paul has like a certain, I think he'd cop to this, maybe a, maybe a technically a disability where he doesn't hear food hit the ground. Mm, mm. Uh, That's true. So I would be in the living room and I would hear a tomato hit the ground and I would race to the kitchen to see him stepping over it to come towards me. And I'd say, Paul, there's a fucking tomato on the ground it fell out of your sandwich and you'd be like oh oh shit sorry he he there's yes, a that's true bizarre blindness and deafness to food items hitting the kitchen floor i should mention because we're not using paul's last name i'll just say uh, it's still one of my closest friends uh, he but he's a strange man wonderful and, wonderful guy like and i've lived with guy. him on i lived with him on and off for uh, better part of a decade and you know, mental health struggles, right? Everybody's got them. Uh, ADHD and uh, uh, anxiety, depression, shit like that. So at different junctures, he'd he'd be collecting bottles of piss, and uh, mm-hmm. it it got it got weird. Uh, you know, at times. Uh, one time, uh, you guys would appreciate this. The uh, uh, you know, I'm not that warm. Uh, mm. Some people say, but as I, a human, I came I came in and. Uh, Paul was in his underwear crying on the floor and uh, I just held you yelled him. about him leaving an olive on the floor. No, I held him. I held him. That's a good, a, that's a good buddy. Uh, but it's weird when you walk into your living room and there's a, there's uh, a sweaty, crying. there's a sweaty, hairy man. Yeah. Yeah. In his underwear. And you, and you hold him in your arms and you go to his, you whisper like, Next time, pick up that fucking owl. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like in the indie movie, this is like a very svelte, like hairless, like cherub right. it, of a like man. It's like Patrick's match. Right, yeah, right. Like, like, yeah, reality, like, it's Zach Galifianakis. Right. Like, this is a plumber who's sitting on the floor, hairy back, like the carpet style, sure. like very. In his underpants. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, this is a great guy. Uh, we've all been there. We've unbelievably warm parts. and welcoming. Uh, uh, still, still appreciate Paul the hell out of him. Um, there's actually probably a good amount of space in the apartment, but we really, I think the kitchen got used and the living room got used and each of our respective bedrooms. And that's it. No lock on the door. Ever. On the front door in Albany, New York. None. No. Okay. The, Marcus the dog would, would probably have killed anyone who tried to like make a problem. I don't know why I'm picturing like the windows are painted shut. No, not that it's bad. Just like a little no, bit of like weird, that, like no. smoke on the ce- like towards the ceiling. No, just like a very old, like this an eighty nine year old like widower that lives here, or is this? No, I want to give a shout out to uh, Drew from uh, Weekend Nachos. Who uh, every he's not like a prodigious uh, Instagram user, but he he uh, highlights every year when uh, him and his partner, I think now wife, uh, they use the they seal the the house with plastic oh yeah yeah chicago style we call that right and that's where he's at and and he knows it's depressing so it's like a bit you know what i mean (laughs) 
<laughs> so every year is his one post is him using the fucking hair dryer and that plastic that oh. you put over the window. Yeah. Yes, correct. Such a bummer. Oh. Well, so yeah, that, that was the living situation. Change. <laughs> yeah, it's a move Wonderful out of city. Chicago. Uh, great city for six months of the year. I mean, the winter is just that's the only thing that would keep me. I would yeah. move to Chicago if it wasn't that brutal. I think it's like a seven month winter, and that's just too much for me. Yeah. And like the brutal. fall's okay, but it's pretty cold. The summer is great. Yeah. Great, great, great. I mean, you go, you're wearing a parka to the, you know, White Sox game until May, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Short spring. All right. Um, so that's where we're at. Uh, we can talk about a lot of that stuff. Why don't we just jump in and start talking about some records? We are going to. See how long this one takes us. It might be it might be one part, it might be two parts. We are going to take some of it to a Patreon as far as like deep cut stuff. Because sure. there's stuff on the list that's cool and um Yeah. We 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 figure we'll we'll do this the right way. We wanna we we like to be thorough, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk a lot about stuff that we don't have a lot on, if that makes sense. Yes. Um any any other big thoughts about this year? Hey, let's do this. I forget about this. Big thoughts on Hardcore 2009, the listening experience. I feel like there were four genres. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and there was a lot. A couple. One or two was. One was super swollen. Another was pretty swollen. And then there were two-ish that were maybe like either on the rise or on the fall. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, I think when I was, I was like, "Oh, this is a blank genre band." Like, like I feel like there was like, can I lay out my genres and see if you guys agree? Go. I feel like there was like, like the touche modern life is war genre. Yes. Where like, last lights fall under defeater, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There was like 1981 California punk. That it could have been like, oh, they this band could have played with like the Circle Jerks and it would have been perfect. Sure. There was like post no warning. Yes. And then this weird that I I just kept coming back to like I, I can't describe it necessarily, but it's it's not necessarily like I feel like Tough Guy Hardcore has become pejorative, and I don't mean it that way. Mm. But this sort of like moshy brute kind of not beat down. It's definitely hardcore. Mm. But this is before you see like the influx of like everyone bought best wishes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like Iron Age and, and Power Trip kind of bring that into into the hardcore zeitgeist. Yeah. So this is before that. So it's like it's not Madball, but it's not not Madball. No. I think to me the post no warning and this one. There's a little bit of bleeding, but I also agree there's something there's there's a separation as well. So to me, I would strike post no warning and go modern hard modern moshy hardcore. That's kind of what I would define as the at one in the, so the early two thousands, early two thousands, there was a bridge nine sound and there was a death wish sound. A little different. In the late two thousands, I think those two sounds from the early 2000s just blended together. That's right. had a little yeah. more chug, and that's that like modern hardcore of the time. Yeah. And now there are outliers in this list, and I think those are the ones that stand out the most. Yes. 100%. Anytime. <laughs> the first thing I said to Pat when I got on the recording was, anytime I hit a, an outlier, my ears perked up. Right. 
So, and that happens anytime because, you know, you go through hardcore and there are waves of stuff. Um, There is a homogenous sound that happens through a lot of stuff here. And sometimes we'll mention it and sometimes we'll leave it to you guys to figure out what we're talking about. I agree. I think there is this modern life is war, postmodern life is war, melodic, epic, modern, hardcore sound. Yeah. Where it's not super fast. It's kind of like galloping, mid-tempo. Yeah. You get a little faster, but then you definitely have slow tracks on the albums. Yeah. Um, you don't, they don't play live necessarily. Correct. Streaming. Yep. And, you know, and it's you pop get, punk. A yes. lot of pop punk in here. So there's a good amount of pop punk. This is the era where you're seeing the fall of mid-2000s melodic hardcore. You're seeing the rise of the like the epic style of stuff like that. You're seeing the rise of Touche, which picks up some of that energy and evolves into something different. But this record, the first Touche LP, has a little bit of all that and starts doing their own thing, which is why it stands out. Um, you're seeing TUI start to rise, but we ha- we don't have a ton of TUI clones yet. No. You're seeing the end of the No Way Records scene, which is the more punk, like early 80s influenced punk hardcore. We'll get some of that. Um, what is the other one? Uh, and, and you also start to see the rise of the title fight run for cover world. Yeah. So this and is this, like entombed core in there too a little bit. Yes, yes. So we're, we're going to hit a lot of this. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot. I don't love a lot, but it's interesting. This is kind of an interesting year to pick apart. And uh, let's yes. let's let's fucking dive in, guys. Um, let's start with Deathwish. We're gonna do. We're not gonna do every label. We're not gonna break this down by label. But Deathwish had had one hell of a year. Yes. And before we get into it, we said that there's, it feels like there's a, a, a flattening of genres during this time and there's not a ton of uh, variety. That's not the fault of any individual band. Uh, no, no. Because particularly when we talk about these Deathwish acts, they're actually, there's a number of them that are quite good. And it's a little unfortunate that looking back, I feel like, oh, this era had such a, uh, like there was the umbrella was big over these and I felt mm. like it all fell into the same space, but that's not like, for example, I think we're probably going to talk about rise and fall. Now, this is yep. a good record and yep. it, it's, it doesn't sound like rain Supreme, for example, nope. but it, but it does if you're not in the mood for any of it. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like if you are a rival mob kid, this Rise and Fall might sound like Reign Supreme to you. And I think that this type of this type of thing is the problem with this year is that some the the few genres that there were had such an output that it feels like a like some things get lost in the mix. Good records get lost in the mix. So Yo, and, and and to that point, it's interesting because we talked about this. There are times when it feels like genres break out and do new things and there is like a, a starting thread for example the like scram style stuff it doesn't just start with touche but touche is a big part of it and then there's the wave and like there's certain bands that are all same su- sound but there's other things that are kind of a different sound so that starts here but largely 
we get a lot of genre and stylistic overlap. So Rise and Fall and Reign Supreme are a good example. They are not the same. No. But you could put a band in between them, which I think there are some here, that overlaps. For example, so put Rise and Fall, The Hope Conspiracy, and uh, Reign Supreme. Right. Hope Con at this point, a little different, but you guys are getting what I'm putting down. Yeah, and you can even put Pulling Teeth in there too. Pulling Teeth, right. And you get bleed over from either, and you go, oh, so this is, you can group all these. And in a way, all those bands could play a show together. No problem. I am 100% positive that they played more than one show together. And that's good. And there was a lot of different stuff like hey, that happening. But at a certain point, sometimes when you listen to music, it's nice when certain things stand out more than others. So um, this is a great example of a year where the outliers stand out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's start with Rise and Fall. Our circle is vicious. Death with Shank. Uh, we've talked about rise and fall. We've talked about how they kind of are not getting their due in 2021. Uh, this is a good record. Uh, the song harm's way, the song in circles. These are yes. genuinely some of the kind of some of the best of the death wish era era. Absolutely. Uh, totally agree. This is, this is a good record. Even if you're not into this style of music f- and we should say this style of music is, it's funny because I was just going to say, you know, 2000s Death Wish music. But if you don't know what that means, <laughs> it's heavy music with dark undertones, but yes. not uh, necessarily overt metal leanings. Uh, well, s- some metal leanings, but but it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to call this straight metal, metal core yeah, or, yeah, or metal, precisely. you know. You- oh, 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 yeah. We should say that. That's a good point. Is yeah. that if you are from a fast core background or something like that, Rise and Fall might border. You would not call it metalcore, but it no, might wouldn't. it might be too close for you. That, there's that might, there's something that might that's two shades over that you might call metalcore, but I think Rise and Fall doesn't. They get to certain speeds. This record, they touch the speeds. I think into Oblivion, they go a bit faster for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a great record. Uh, I think yeah. it is... There's a, a certain level of... Um, unevenness to it it's good but it doesn't it doesn't totally scratch my rise and fall itch i have to go back to into oblivion for that this is Mm. but this is the follow-up and coming off into oblivion that was a really big record in europe for sure and in the states that kind of like hit radar so this was it and it was kind of awesome because at this point people in the u.s weren't just like Oh yeah, Rise and Fall. That band's cool, but like paying attention and like ready for their next record. Yeah, and they could like tour here, and it would be right. I mean, it's do very well. Think I mean, think how tough that is for. I mean, it's shitty, but like think how tough it is for European bands and and other bands. Still today, not the easiest thing. It's gotten a lot better, and bands like Rise and Fall certainly helped make it that way. Um, next little grip I'm gonna do. 
the EPs. Uh, victims, lies, 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 seven inch. Anything on that, guys? Uh, so Victims is a band I did not give much of a chance uh, at the time. And right. having revisited it, because I thought, to be frank, and this speaks to my ignorance, because this is this is uh, what, like uh, Scandinavian? Is that right? Scandinavian, crusty, but more on the punk side. Unafraid, un- yeah, like punk and crusty, but unafraid to do a little heavier stuff and, and be a little more modern, not, not trying to do a, uh, uh, the cosplay kind of thing. And for whatever reason, there's, we're going to get to a band later in this, uh, that suffered the same, uh, judgments from me where it's willingness to cross over. I, I punished, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I didn't give it a shot. Uh, this is good. This is, very, this is good Very stuff. Good. Yeah. yeah. These shirts were everywhere in 2009. Oh, victims? Uh, I feel like victim shirts were pretty ubiquitous in 2009. They were. It, it rips far more than I thought. Yeah. They, uh, they were both served, and I don't know. I think they're a band who. So, this is a band who did records on smaller punk labels in Europe and then did an LP on Havoc um, here in the States. And then, uh, then did the Death Wish thing. So I wonder if they lost some fans who were like genreing, like, oh, they're on Death Wish now. You know, they're on a major, um, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the Never Ending Lasting LP, which I believe is Victim's first LP, I ride for super hard. Think it's awesome still to this day. Um, and they never put out a bad record. They suffer for me from. The last LP I checked out, I was just like, oh, this is good. But it wasn't pulling me in. And I, when I re-listened to this, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a band I should do the deep dive on and, and revisit all the records and give them a fair shake. Because it's, it's hard. When a band has a, a discography like that, if you really like one record and then the other records don't quite meet up, which we've talked about a number of times on here. Yeah, which happens more often than not. Yeah. Yo, I mean, it happened to Tragedy. I, I, the first right. two Tragedy LPs are fantastic. They put out two more LPs, some splits and stuff. The two LPs after that are very good. The The last record they did, Fury, is awesome. Feels returned form, all that stuff. But like, because I love the first two tragedy LPs, I didn't sit with the you know nerve damage uh, LP and the next one after that because I was like, oh yeah, this is all right. This is good. It's just not as good as the first two. Yep. So, right, didn't hit you. Yeah, so that's where Victims yeah. was for me. Um, all right, this is a band who I wholly did not listen to it all. And I'm curious to hear about your feelings. Narrows new distance. So, uh, this is, I did not check this. I'm going to guess I'm right because of the sound. Is this the, is this like botch and these arms are straight or these arms are snakes? Yes. Correct. Yes. Like, yeah. So this is Dave Varellen, the singer for botch Rob Moran from unbroken. Some other Northwest folks, I think. And some, yeah. These arms and snakes Sorry. are in there too. Yeah. It, it gotta be because this sounds. No, like it the, definitely is. I've seen it. It sounds like the exact middle point between Botch and these arms are straight snakes. So I, I, I mean, it's fine. Uh, yeah. It, it, I honestly probably find it more listenable than Botch, but don't. Yeah. It doesn't pump me up at all. Uh, some good songs. I would say that this is more to your liking if you're a, these arms are snakes. Uh, listener than a uh, botch listener. I think that's a fair. Yeah. So I to, saw them around this time. Mm-hmm. Very good. 
record's cool, but it's like one of those things. It's like you don't always return to it. Yeah, like right. this wasn't something that I was like, you know, I I listened to it again. I was like, that's really good. Yo, like, I think I it's comp. It's so oh, it's, it's high level, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I think you know what another one of the genres, maybe I my four genres. I feel like there's a lot of am rep stuff going on. Oh, there, yeah. there's there's certainly some I feel we like have. This would fall into like what do we do that we can't say it sounds like dead guy? Yeah. Because right. that's our go-to. But I feel like a lot of these bands like sound like the fucking insane. And like we don't give Unsane the credit that they deserve for Yeah, I I think that noisy. there's there's so, a band in here who's who's got a little unsane, a whole lot of yeah. Jesus Lizard. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know, we're thinking of the same band. Yep, I think so. Narrows is is not far off from that. I'll also say this though, Narrows, I think somebody who really likes blacklisted heavier than heaven could vibe on this record. It's yeah, not maybe. quite as aggressive, but not as sonically, well, you're right. You're right. We're both right, but I think there's certain parts of this I was like, oh, like I never gave this t- this record a- an ounce of attention at the time, and when listening, I was like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. Like it's not like it's completely inoffensive. It it's cleaner than most stuff that uh, from a faster or punk perspective than I would like, but it's actually pretty good. Which is where we're going to end up, and we're, we won't we won't just pretty good everything here, guys. But you know, uh, I mean, a, f- a fair amount of this I'm pretty good in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the hard part is revisiting. Narrows is tough because I'm going to revisit on a like academic level just to see if there's anything else there. I wonder if this is a band who at the time suffered from they're listed as X members, X members, X members, super group feeling. But I just didn't have any interest in it, you know. And I think that hurt I mean, those them bands to never struck your, yeah, yeah, right. The, all the bands they were coming from weren't my thing. Except for Unbroken, you're not going to be like, "Ooh, new botch band." Like, why would the fuck would you care? Right, right. You know what so, I mean? I know that's no slight to them or to you. It's just kind of like this no, and, and even Unbroken, I'm not Joe Unbroken either. You know, so, um, so that yeah, but but it was it was it was interesting enough that like okay, you know, it, it wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't bummed out on it. Um, sure. All right, end of year self-titled seven inch. This is the first end of year seven inch on Deathwish. First, unlistenable trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is cool. This is how I remember it, little PK with his cracky voice and his non-doubled up vocals. Yeah, I like it. I'll be honest, I did not listen. Uh, it's probably fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we can we'll save the talk on this seven inch for a bonus thing on the Patreon. Oh, okay. Oh. We'll talk about the story. That leads to end of year signing to Deathwish. That'll be All good. Right. Um, Who's Robert E. Howard? Uh, Conan writer. These these are all. Uh, if I remember, I'd have to look at the. I think these are all fantasy uh, writers or illustrators who uh, suicided. Gray Morrow, yep. Will, Walter M. Miller Jr., and Robert E. Howard. Yeah, these are all, these are all fantasy uh, writers or authors who or write, uh, authors or illustrators who uh, suicided killed themselves people who are Got fans it. of this era of end of year will uh, certainly like these songs yes uh, yeah, if you like fact. sincerely you'll like this record yeah um, pulling teeth paranoid delusions paradise illusions low-key a band who really mattered at the time and I feel and yo you guys correct me if I'm wrong by 2014 it was people scratching their head and going who yeah, and then they had a they did a reunion that was pretty big. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I think the people who cared about this band didn't stop caring about them. It just stopped being 
ever present, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think that I think I'm remembering this listen correctly. Did you guys find it frustrating with these 2009 records that every every single fucking heavy band wanted to give you a straight minute of feedback before going into a song? Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So Sorry. fucking frustrating, man. <laughs> I had 12 hours. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm factoring these commercials. Dom, what are you doing with the, the Sonic Youth fan- fantasy? Get to it. Well, uh, you know, uh, this is I've heard feedback. Skip it. Yeah. So this, uh, my go-to for pulling teeth is Martyr Immortal, which I think is that's the hit. First, yeah. That's the big record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that and the I think they did a record before that, Vicious Skin. That's also very good. Um, people who like integrity, check this record out for sure. People smart who lyrics. like, yeah, smart lyrics. So the, the interesting thing about pulling teeth always to me was Dom having a metal some punk and heavy integrity influence in his music. And then Mike Riley, the singer being a dude who's definitely more from the punk hardcore side of things. So it just gave this kind of like push and pull contrast that when you get that in bands, it can often lead to really unique um, meshings. And I think that's what you get with pulling teeth. This record, I just wish it was, I like when pulling teeth goes faster and there's just a little more mid tempo stuff here. Sure. So, but yeah, I think Mortal Immortal is still the go-to for them. For sure. Uh, Internal Affairs, Evil Egyptian, 7-inch. I think this is the last Internal Affairs record. Yo, w- what is an Evil Egyptian? You see, I couldn't read, and I thought it said Evil Scriptures. Because I, I, I was like, it can't be Evil Egyptians. That sounds weird. It's got to be see, Evil I, Scriptures. I like the Evil Egyptians thing because in my head, I can plug in all this fun lore and backstory but, well, I mean, the artwork works with the evil Egyptians yep, vibe. Exactly. Is that? Did they just get the artwork and go, yeah, evil Egyptians, man? Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> um. So, so internal affairs sonically never, never really my bag. Um, but I think this recording actually captures them the best. Some of their other recordings, the drum sound is a little off for me for fast stuff. Mm-hmm. But like to be really fair to this band, yo. It's completely understated how important this band was to Southern California. Like and they just, brought LA back, right? Pretty much. They, they, they. You know, uh, Corey Williams sang in the band. I think he might have been primary songwriter. He wanted to do a fast band. He wanted to do a fast band with mosh parts that was no bullshit. That was a cool LA band that wasn't going to let the energy that happened when Carry On broke up. Yo, so like the, we're talking about hardcore two thousand nine. Carry on broke up in like 2001, two something. You know what That'd I mean? Be 02, yeah. Like, yo, I, I think it might have been 01, like functionally. I'm not sure. But, but like, yo, um, this is their last record. Actually, they did another EP, Deadly Visions, before this. That I think is also like, if you're going to start with them, those are the ones. The uh, Casualty of the Core and their demo like hit really big. Um, but sonically, they're they're in a much better space here, um, mm. and I think yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. So so this his voice sounds a little bit better produced on this too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, you know what's funny is that I wanted Corey always did internal affairs, and he he likes fast hardcore. He likes all sort. He likes all sorts yeah. of hardcore, obviously. But yeah. but it would have been interesting to hear him do a heavier band with mm. his vocal style. So I don't know. Uh, it's. Um, 
Yeah. What do you think, Bob? So, like, I'm terrible at this, and I've realized after listening to, you know, doing the playlist and listening through, I'm like, oh, I can never figure out who, like, what someone's going for, except unless it's like, it, it plays into my colorblindness, I guess, because unless it's like super on the nose, and I'm like, oh, that's a strife part. Mm. Like, what was, I, I mean, they were an LA band going for like a New York hardcore vibe, right? Well, well, that's how I listen to it. So I mean, like, I'm I trying to think of like a Cali band that sounded like them. No, they they just well because they wanted to do. I think, but it's not fast, fast. It's not. It's not like spaz fast or anything. No, like that. it's not like infest fast, fast, fast. But it's not. But it was not, uh, okay. So hold on. Here's my take. Before Bob was oh. there, so he can he can give us the yeah. insight. Uh, I take it as borrowing much more from infest than new york that's how that's how i listen to this i'm gonna be honest like no disrespect to these guys who all lift weights uh it sounded like it sounded like they were playing three different songs i had no idea what the fuck was going on uh i take it that this was like really fucking fun live so oh i mean and they, they they just had a stranglehold on la and with their energy and like I think if you if you started a hardcore band in Southern California, not just L.A., but Southern California after, between 2003 and 2010, you probably owed Internal Affairs a little bit of a debt. Um, I, I think that's probably true, yeah. Uh, but, but, I think, so what, I what think, do you think? Corey in, was super aware of the New York stuff and doing straightforward hardcore, but also was like, yeah, I want to play fast. I don't want to – I don't – and, you know, if you listen to it, it's like, I, I think dude loved carry on loved doing the band loved it loved everything about it but was also like you know i want to do a band that isn't doing the mosh thing that isn't doing the like heavy mosh thing but also isn't doing the like emotional dramatic poetry lyrics thing uh which clearly internal affairs doesn't he wanted to do a straightforward fast hardcore band that gave kids in LA their own identity. So that's the only reason I'm reticent to be like, oh, it's New York style because you're not wrong. Like that dude's like, yo, I want our band to be fast, but have breakdowns and right, have mosh right. parts, you know? So like that's, that's New York, but, um, but with his own twist, I think, yeah. I think they kind of established that. So shout out to internal affairs. Um, Hope conspiracy, true nihilist seven inch. Okay. This is the last release, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Tom, you're you're a pretty big fan. Uh, yes. Do you feel like this one had all the elements but didn't come together? Um, I, mean, I could see that. Like, I they, feel like th- this is a band that like they're too good to ever not be at least listenable. That's what that see. That's, that's no what I'm question. saying. Like, the, like these, it doesn't like jump. These songs don't jump out to me like other songs. That's what I'm saying. Discography, like, the, but like they're so good that it's like this could be like background music while you're doing something, and you wouldn't be like, "I'll turn this crap off." Yeah. Oh no, I mean, I, I I listen to it in that context, and there's there's actually parts where you stop and you go, "Oh, that's lit." But yeah. the songs themselves, I don't think, come together in that way that might have made a lot of the earlier Hope Conspiracy stuff, uh, it kind of just pop, particularly in a live setting. Right, this record to me, um, they're evolving their sound. Hopecon, I think we did our Hope Conspiracy deep dive. If you want a lot on this, listen to that. On revisiting for this, I just think they should have done an LP at this time. I would have been curious to see what they would have done because I think they get more fully formed when they go LP. Mm. Yeah, like this was the start of something, but like to what? Right, exactly. Like like there's no, it's done. there's a there's a little bit of a completion, and it's it's like. Oh, and you know, I've I've 
I've heard rumblings that hope conspiracy, like we could get a hope conspiracy record in the next two years, or we could get one never again. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're still, uh, an, a band who thinks of themselves as not like broken up. Yeah. Like they haven't played, they haven't, you know, released any music, but but maybe they are, you know, maybe they will. So that's, that's an interesting note there. Okay. Um, all right, let's see. HopeCon, True Nihilist. Um, oh, here, this is, now we're getting into it. Let me skip this one, and then we'll get into this. Ludax, Black, Black Eye Blues. This record means a lot to some people. To they me, were the hottest thing for a year. Yeah, yep. let's and talk about up. it. <laughs> Let, let's talk about it. Uh, there, there was, a, like, you got to see them. The singer throws himself through tables and shit. It's fucking, like, bonkers. It's, like, hoax but real. Yeah, I, this is my internet trauma. Is is that uh, uh, like four things that we're exploring today were all touted as the thing that I <clears throat> that I had to be aware of that I had to get into, and I think four out of four they didn't last. They didn't last the twenty or the two thousands. You know what I mean? So and they burned out very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, th- this. Uh, I'll be honest. I I was ready to go into this record with uh, a very open heart because I had disregarded it for no reason other than, Oh, it's a, it's a singer who, who gets wild, huh? Okay. (laughs) One of those. Right. Got it. So, so I disregarded it at the time and I wanted to enter it now with an open mind. This, this didn't really connect with me. I, I, particularly because we're going to visit other stuff today that I thought went for quirky more effectively. Um, so not a favorite to me. I think what they do on this record was a relatively good representation of what they did as a band. It just lacked the live energy, and mm. that was the main appeal of the band. Um, Bay were, Area, Bob? No, uh, San Diego. What? Well, because they, they the right fit state, in like with a lot of the the Bay bands of the time. Um, completely. Uh, the singer of this band was wild, all that stuff, but like that feels like a crutch, man. Like, I hate to say it. It feels like a crutch when you only go to that. Like, yo, No Justice, yes. They were a completely crazy band because Timmy went wild. That is the most notable thing. But because he went wild, he inspired the entire audience to go crazy, too. That's right, why right. it was fun. Ludax, but if he stood there with a mic stand, would people be talking about him in 2021? No. no Assuredly no, no. not. No. And, and that's, I mean, yo, everybody gets that. Ludax... Singer went nuts, sometimes in a weird off-putting way that I think a lot of people are like, oh, wow. Like, it's it's the performance part, you know? Right. Stop yelling in my face. No, but, but so so this LP, um, I know it's a lot of people's favorites. Doesn't connect with me either. It is doing something slightly askew. It just doesn't, it isn't uh, as cohesive as I would like it to be. And it's one of those things where you go, oh, what would this band's next record have been like? Like if they could, get, you know, get it all sure. flowing together. It together, yeah. And to throw it the other way, I said Hope Conspiracy, True Nihilist. What would they have done if this was an LP? Ludax, what would they have done if this was an EP? That yeah. might have been, you know. Um, Doom Riders, Darkness Come Alive. Yo, some points on this record, Singer hits me with some like Luke Haller vibes. I, well, this is Nate from Converge. I know. <laughs> his voice is amazing, funny. I think. Yeah. I see. I think his voice is so fucking cool. Like it's <laughs> It's impressive but didn't work for me. 
Like I, I'll be, I, I didn't know what doom riders actually sounded like, I guess, because when I listened to this, oh, you I, knew with the shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I own a shirt because it was in a free pile somewhere. So I, was, I actually have one laying around here, but I don't, I didn't, I guess I didn't know. Um, I thought it was more skatery to be honest. Uh, oh, no, it's heavy. It, it is heavy. Um, this fear heavy, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. A little Sabbathy. Sabbathy for sure. Uh, they're going for they're going for a rockin' vibe a little more. Yes. Not 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 too corny. Doesn't connect for me. Um, I think their first record might have some tracks. Black Thunder. I think there's a couple songs on there I like a little more. Yeah, but again, like this is another thing. It's like it's so well done. You can't hate it. You. Yeah, it's. I'm not. It mad doesn't at suck. It. it may not just. No, exactly. Scratch your itch, but it's like you can't. But you know, it's impressive. And the inhuman way that we listen to this stuff for this activity makes it yeah. where we get more exhausted by it. So yeah, 100%. someone throws right. Pat listens to 17 seconds per song to get 40 hours <laughs> in in nine minutes. Um, all right, uh, converge acts to fall. I uh, I liked it better on this listen than I ever had in the past. Some hits on here. There yeah. are some hits. Yeah, yeah, this is where they go to me. Full fucking guitar hero. They do. Oh, and straight away, actually. The first like song. Like the first go, song is like, guitar, oh, I can picture hero. this yeah. being like Guitar Hero shit. Yeah, 100%. And not like, this is no slight, but it's like, booby, it's like, oh, if you played this on hard, you'd fail. <laughs> See, I actually like Jake's voice on this record better than maybe any. It's a little kind of pulled back. It yes. is. It is. I, I, and I like it. This is, this is the most palatable Converge record as a non-Converge dude. Uh, this is the one that I've listened to and gone back and gone. Oh, all right, you know, like this is a turning point, I think, for them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What that I got, like, he does a little bit more. Like, it's not his voice is not as unhinged as as it had been. Yeah, but I think this is like a different vibe. It's not there's not as much mosh. So here's here's what I want to point out: when they go fast, they nail it every time. And when they go efficient song, they nail it almost every time. There's a handful of songs on this record that don't clear 220 or 230 or just right in that range. And that centers me as somebody who's looking for faster stuff to this record. Whereas when when their songs start to go into longer with more parts, like their songs have parts. Even the short ones have parts. Oh, yeah. But when it's a minute 40 and it has parts... I'm in. It just feels like it just goes right through you. So, um, and Ben Kohler is the best drummer in music, in oh, heavy music. Okay, I'm gonna go that far. Uh, guys, he makes it so much more interesting. Uh, Yo, know, these guys. This is another like, no one on the planet can say any player in Converge is bad at what they do, right? No, That's true. no. So, um, two records left in the Death Wish box. Good lord, we're an hour in. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> Reign Supreme, testing the limits of Infinite. And blacklisted, no one deserves to be here more than me. The Philadelphia twosome. Yeah. Which one do we start with? Let's go Rain Supreme. Rain's up. Um, should this record have been bigger than it was? Yes. Patrick? No. But yeah, yeah, bigger than it was, yes. Yes. I, I think so. I, so I think that this... I can, I've got a whole Rain Supreme spiel that list, long-time listeners have heard, which is I think that they had a moment right around this time where yes. they were a really well-oiled live band that <clears throat> knew what they were doing and they had focus uh, as a unit because uh, 
uh, you know, the, the, no disrespect to everybody's contributions to that band, but Jay Pepito, the singer, and I think primary songwriter had like a proper Jamie Josta vision for what he wanted from a heavy band. Right. So, uh, and I think that for the EP and at least this record, they executed it really, really well. Um, I don't know why it might not have hit. I mean, this seems over long to me looking at it right now. Yeah, me too. I was just looking at it. These are a lot of fucking songs, man. Uh, and it's funny because they also all have dramatic names. It, 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 oh, he was really oh. doing it. <laughs> he was really doing yeah. it at that time. But they, uh, it's it's over long. Uh, but I feel like I feel like splitting the difference between this and the uh, the record before this, which I think was the EP, right? Yes. Whatever. Um, American Violence. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I think that there which was is a quick oh, one. That one burns. It, it is, and I think it benefits from that. And Six songs, 12 minutes. 100%. Less than 12 minutes, 11.48. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and, and there's ones on here that are like, you know, the, the four. So This is 13, thir- and 13 songs in 36 and a half minutes. That's get out of here record. with 13 songs. There's a band later that I was like, is this a discography? What the fuck are we doing? Uh, <laughs> yes, it was Mouthpiece, and it was a discography. No, yeah. no. I I, I, uh, I deleted that from my personal stop, version. Of this stop, stop, stop. Go. So, uh, should they have been bigger? Probably. Were they on the cusp of something? Yes. Probably. Yes, they were. Uh, Did they get in their own way? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. And he's go. a great front person. No doubt. Amazing yeah. voice. Yep. The players in the band. I don't know who was in the band at this point. I don't know if Clint was in it. And I think like, Clint's sure. in it. I think maybe Dave, Dave Hack. Hack. Yep. Shout out Dave Hack. Shout out Clint. Dave Hack. Good dude. Clint too. Brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. He's like fucking making bombs or whatever he's doing over in Stanford or whatever. Um, yeah, I just think, and I forget who the drummer was, but he was really good too. I just, I don't know. I think they kind of fell in between like hardcore and like their larger calling. Cause if they would have got, I, if they would have gotten into that, uh, into the bigger, like more world. moshy, yep. You know, like the, well, I think they I mean, tried, but, but, okay. I think they tried and didn't, um, I don't know if they had established as much of a hardcore base as they could have, should have. Considering the members and whatnot. Because there was so much energy around them. It's it's a thing that happens sometimes with bands where it's too much, too fast, too soon. It's like fucking every NBA player from the 90s. This is Derek Coleman. You know what I mean? Like this is Chris Webber. Like Chris Webber should have been three times the player he was. And he's still just got in the Hall of Fame, you know, but demands a trade from Golden State his first after his first season, then goes to Washington and kind of does fucking nothing there, then goes to Sacramento because his career has been garbage, but somehow miraculously things turn around. Reign Supreme, yo, came out of the gate, had a lot of good energy and hardcore, not, not for nothing, based on the fact that they were really good live and based on awesome. the fact that yeah. that their demo and the early EP stuff that they put out was just really good, heavy, hardcore for what they were doing. And yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. 
Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. There weren't a lot of bands who were doing it with the same level of focus, how tight they were, and how how much energy they put out on stage. You know what I mean? Like very, pre- yeah. They were a very precise band. Yes. So you know, I would like to also it, point out that Clint is not making bombs. It was a joke. He's very smart, and he does like shit that I don't understand. Yeah, he's like he's like splitting the atom and mapping the human genome, and like it's something incredible. What like, really, so I just what want to really, clear, yeah, clarify what really means that I don't want like, people to think like he has yeah. like Star Wars toys on his desk at work. That's what yeah. he means. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I've seen Big Bang Theory, so it's probably something along those lines. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, so, um, so Rain Supreme could have been this record. Uh, never, never did it for me. American Violence is uh, better. It's better because it's more concise, but there are people who love this. Yeah, Yeah. both of those are good. Um, And this is the record that I think opened the door for them to go to the the bigger world. And they did. They tried. They did, and it just it just didn't totally land. And it's I think it was uh, one of you said they landed between two worlds, and you're dead on. That's that's what happened. Now. Yo, Bob gave us the wrap it up B sign. Like, all right, let's go. <laughs> no, 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 because you know, I, I, <laughs> we, I think we can still keep talking on this in comparison to the next record we're going to talk about, yeah. which is blacklisted. No one deserves. Um, yes, this record to me is a response to the success of Heavier Than Heaven, and it is a fucking weird record. I want to say this. I think it's. a very anxious sounding record. Mm-hmm. It's tense. It's terse. It's awkward. It, yeah. It's very Philadelphia, but in a lot of ways, it's very brilliant too. And it's very unique and it's very interesting. And it's essentially, um, to me, when I listen to it now, and this is not like some, anything, this is just me. When I listen to these two records, it feels like going, okay, well, now what do we do? And saying, well, I don't want to write a sequel. I want to do something different that still has some of the elements that we loved. And you can find elements of Blacklisted from you know Peace on Earth, War on Stage, and Heavier Than Heaven on this record. Absolutely. Sure. Same band, same primary songwriters. I think same lineup on all these records too. But they're really, I think they're pushing it and it feels really raw and open and honest. A lot like the record before, but just coming at it from a different angle. I don't need these, these stupid interludes. Uh-huh. Every song on this record bangs. And, yeah. and I love this record. I, I, I think that this, and for our listeners at home who don't give a shit about blacklisted, the few of you that I'm sure that's probably true. Uh, this is weirder than even Bob said because uh, I was being rough on one of the when I was doing my private listening to this. I, I, I was being rough on one of the bands that we'll get to in a little while because uh, it seems like they're being weird on purpose. 
and I just don't have the patience. Uh, there's songs on this record where George's voice and the, the instruments don't seem to have any relationship. They shouldn't work, but they do somehow. Uh, it, and it works. It's yeah. it, uh, to me, this is a record that wins in spite of itself. And I think that that's awesome. Can I say also, I think George is a better singer than he shows on any of these records. Cause I think he's going for a certain sound and he's like, he's got a really dynamic, interesting voice. And on here he has kind of something he's going for pretty hard and it's cool. I think it's really yeah. cool. Um, not my favorite blacklisted record. I like heavier no. than heaven a lot more. I like peace on earth more, but this might be the most unique. I think this, this, you know, hurt them, but who cares this kind of like, I think they intentionally wanted to say, Hey, you're not going to pin us down. And right. That's hard. Sometimes records can be hard for people and that's okay. And I think that kind of, um, might've cost them that hurt them. The like, Oh, easy to palate, like palatable, like in, in a certain way, as we're saying the rain Supreme LP in this really basic way that we're, we're like, yo, the efficiency speed and just like brutality, of the EP more of that, cut these songs in half this record didn't deliver what people wanted from a follow-up on to heavier than heaven but i think this delivered exactly what the band blacklisted wanted from a follow-up to heavier than heaven if that makes sense right but the kid that's waiting for fucking uh you know our youth is wasted is getting get nothing this, from this like, getting nothing. Yeah. right right it's a great i mean to me this is the last um this is my the last blacklisted record that i loved yeah um I think this is the last like great effort they made. Mm-hmm. Personally, opinion. Um, but but I think if you're going, you know, if if you're the kid that's hoping like today tonight's the night they're going to play Eye for an Eye. Yeah, um, this might not be your record. And then you get these songs, which are fantastic, but they're fucking weird. Yeah, they're not mosh. Like they're just you know lyrics are fucking they're great but fucking weird you know what i mean it's i like, think they're doing different stuff song structures you know what i mean like, yeah yeah but it's like if you're the kid that's like hoping against hope that they're like tonight's they're gonna do it tonight they're gonna open with it <laughs> like people are gonna be you know like you know some people came along with them they picked up probably new people from this record see that's the one but i think a lot of people were i wish out. they did i don't know if they did I, I don't know it, if it made up for the people that they lost, though. That's what oh, I'm sure, sure. I, I, like, it wasn't like, oh, we lost 500, but we drew, we gained 1,000. It was like we lost 500 and gained 250. I think this is a record that probably deserved more respect on its name from people who were interested in bands who were doing interesting shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're not wrong. Because it worked against them, though. Because sure. The, the, because people that should like interesting stuff think it's fucking eye for an eye, so they don't uh, even give it a shot. Yeah, right. Not giving it a chance. Not realizing, like... The growth, the change, that like what this band has done over the course, because I think, right. you know, eye for an eye, the like our youth is wasted material. That's like two thousand three, and now we're like t- six years later, and it's one of the things you start to see here in two thousand nine, the mid two thousands. Yo, it was weird when bands were bands for more than four or five years in the nineties, even up to the right. early two thousands. All of a sudden, we started to have bands who actually fucking you know. Multiple LPs. Uh, going the distance, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we start to see that. Patrick, where does this fall in your blacklisted canon? Hi. Um, yeah. This actually might be the top for me. It's cool. 
how would you sell this to a dude who likes self-defense family? But if they saw Blacklisted, they might go, ah, oh, man, you know, I like hardcore's cool, but I really don't like anything from yeah. that time. How would you sell it to them? Like self-defense family, I would say that this is uh, uh, kissing cousins. Uh, it, I mean, George is accomplishing what I attempt. You, you understand? So I, I'm giving them the highest compliments that I can. I think that this is, uh, uh, <clears throat> I forget, we were going to, we were actually thinking about covering one of these songs live. I don't remember which one it was. Oh yeah. I think uh, I remember you talking about that, but the, uh, uh, no, maybe it's on the other record. Uh, our, Oh no, it's, it, I think we we're going to cover our, our apartment. apartment empty. Empty. Uh, the, the, uh, so uh, th- this is, if this is too aggressive for you, it's too aggressive for you. But, uh, my view of this is that, uh, it is, uh, it, it exists alongside hardcore to me. Uh, if somebody, I think that this, nobody's going to call this not hardcore, right? That's, right. that's a fact. Uh, Yo, and right. no one's, no one's going to say this is AMRAP inspired, even though there's some guitar stuff here. Correct. That like, yes. You know, that's what I think. I think that's very interesting about what they were doing at this time. Maybe they didn't, 100%. maybe they didn't market those as influences because they yeah. weren't in those influences. So I should no. explain this. Uh, Nirvana think, was an influence and this doesn't drag like the AMRAP stuff that we're talking about. Uh, mm. So everybody as a musician, you are asked to give your influences for marketing purposes. It's not your influences for the purposes of making music. It's this is why you hear uh, hardcore bands say they th- that this new record is really influenced by the Stone Roses and Hum. You know, what I mean, it's it's no, nobody believes that. Nobody hears that in your music. It's because it gives music press something to write about. Because if you say, yeah, it's uh, where the wild things are. Like no, it, it gives them nothing. You know, I mean? so you, right. so you you've got to say, oh yeah, our influences are uh, Cat's Lullaby. You know what I mean? Like, right. and it's like, okay, um, I guess we're going to write about that. So uh, I don't think that they leaned in to the AMREP references, and honestly, I don't know if those were influences on this record. And to their credit, if it wasn't influence, good, don't say that. Yes, uh, the Nirvana thing, I hear it obviously. But uh, I hear it on I hear it strongly in one or two songs, yeah. And then song structure I see pull out. But there is you know clearly it's like yeah. And I think you hear the one major guitar riff where you're like oh this is buzzsaw you know like this is this is what it's doing you know yeah. yeah. Um, I I think that this is if you like anything that I've done then just uh, I don't want to say that this is the aggressive version because this is certainly its own thing. But uh, I wish that I wrote this record. I think this is this is a. A very good record. Wow. I, I said it's not my yeah. favorite because I like Peace on Earth the most and then Heavier Than Heaven and this is probably third. Um, so yeah, anyways, we bl- we stand for Blacklisted here. Uh, I hope everybody has given them a chance. Guys, that was just all Death Wish. We're, yeah, we we promised we're going to pick it up, but but they had this weird stranglehold. Um, I'm not as familiar with some of the stuff we're going to go through right here, so I'm going to go, I'm going to block it up and just kind of like, let's quick hit this because this is Bridge Nine's stuff in 2009 sort of a time when they were doing well um yeah this is kind of the second wave you know there's people who are first wave bridge nine in that 2000 to 2003 ish range and then this is the 2006 to 2009 ish range so um death before dishonor better ways to die oh shit i actually don't know this record um, M- moshier stuff from yeah Boston, yeah, yeah, obviously. Certainly. 
Um, but but I couldn't speak to this record specifically. Actually, I've still yeah. my playlist only says twenty four hours. By the way, still. Um, I don't know. You must have deleted some stuff. Yeah, I think he was deleted. <laughs> I stuff. mean, Death Before Dishonored. It's heavy. You know, if you like Blood for Blood, if you like kind of heavy, heavy, but it's with, very Boston. Yeah, it's and with Boston. with a uh, with enough speed. You know what I mean? It's not. Yes, it's not yeah. fast at all. But it's not. It's not the the uh, tuned down thud thud. No, 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 no. Know? It's but it's, in that, in how Blood for Blood had like kind of like that street punk vibe. Yeah, I feel like. Touch of that here. Death Before Dishonor has a little bit of it. It's just a little bit more straightforward, like hardcore, like Madball hardcore. Yes. Uh, if if you like the first Death Threat LP, you like the first Blood for Blood LP, mm-hmm. probably would like this record. Um, Absolutely. So Paint It Black did a 7-inch with Bridge Nine called Amnesia. They also did an LP that I think came in on Jade Tree uh, called Surrender, I think. Um, I did listen to this. Uh, guys, did either of you get a chance to listen to the Painted Black material? I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to like it a lot more than I do. Okay. Uh, also, this record came out on Fat Records, actually. So, my B. Whoa. Hey, it's a seven inch. It was two seven inches, actually. Yes. Aside from aside from a single uppercut song, can we think of, oh, and maybe a uh, coalesce uh, song? Coalesce, yes. Thank you. Uh, can Cash. Yeah, I, I think I might have been having a stroke earlier. I've been struggling with very basic words lately. Um, you miss you miss Eric. Can we can we think of too many band or too many songs or bands that push back on kind of you know maybe 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 political acts or maybe um, uh, agenda bands like you know there oh oh uh, uh, you could say chokehold right because chokehold took issue with um, I don't know what your question is with an earth crisis song. Right. I, what I'm saying is paint it black makes me want to do the opposite of whatever paint it black is asking me to do. I want to say slurs in a call of duty lobby and drive drunk <laughs> when I listen to paint it black. <laughs> I hate paint it black. I, I, everything wow. about it wow. irritates me on a level that I can't even, I whatever they tell me to do, if they're like, "Hey guys, stop waging war overseas," I'm like, "Hey, how, how do I vote for that?" I I have no idea what it is, and, and respectfully to this band, I I don't, you know, I, I have uh, I can say what's up to one of the members. I don't know any of the other members. I'm not Maybe trying not to, anymore. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I'm sure that these were all like very sincere efforts that they put work into, and many many more people like their band than like my bands. Mm. I'm. Just saying, I it 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 inspires the opposite in me. <laughs> like whatever it is, I can't I can't do it. I haven't ever really given Painted Black a chance. So this listen was, I mean, I did at the time early, and it just yeah. wasn't what I was looking for. I've discussed that before. Uh, this material hit me better. I think they tuned it in a little more. Um, it it reminded me more of. The like, it, it, you know, it's like it feels unfair to compare it to the the folks' other band, like the prior band, right? Like saying, yeah. "Oh, it sounds like Kid Dynamite with dancing," but but that's what the sounded like. To I me mean, it sounded to me like a lot of the like the more hardcore Lifetime songs. Okay, right, right. You know, on the last like two, like the bef- the pre reunion LPs, there were a couple of songs on there that were like. Oh, these are like straight up just rippers, right? Sure. No, that's that's a good place to put it. You know, like fucking bringing it backwards. What I think, like that with dancing. Yeah, what I think is 
So Dan deserves a lot of credit for the songwriting. Vocalist of Lifetime and vocalist of Kid Dynamite brought a lot of personality. Yeah. That is just different than what Dan's bringing here. I think Dan wanted something a little more straightforward, hardcore. It's clear. You can understand it. It just doesn't compel me. I know there's painted black fans who are like smashing their stereo right now. Oh, yeah. But it just totally doesn't pull me in um, the way and I would like to. And there's stuff that pulls you in, that pulls me in. That doesn't. That people are like, oh, what are you hearing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. So, I mean, it's all for it. You know, it, yeah, I just, I really wanted to like this a lot more because literally a lifetime of one of my favorite bands. Yeah. But I just. Didn't, didn't catch her. No. And he's a, obviously a very smart dude. And, he, you know, he's got a, I don't know. Allegedly. He's got a PhD, bro. I want to see that piece of paper. He's a child psychologist. I'm a Yemen truther. I think Patrick might be a doctor, too. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for fucking Dan Yeaman to put you in a fucking headlock. Listen, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm coming pretty hard at those guys, but I don't know. I, I don't know most of the members, so I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect them. It's just whatever reason this didn't this does not connect with me. All right, uh, I can't wait for the fucking split seven inch coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the <laughs> this is Pat, we we picked the drug church cover song. It's a painted black song. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> Dead Swan Sleepwalkers. Anything? Uh, sort of the uh, let's call this the uh, death wishing of of uh, Bridge Nine. Okay, sure. L- little modern love, warish kind of stuff. You know. Yep. 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 Uh, Strike anywhere. Iron Front. <clears throat> I love Strike Anywhere. So this record. Tom, let me ask you. Pat, do you yes. got an opinion on this first? Uh, different than I thought. Uh, yes. N- not more poppy, but uh, more a little bit more light yep. punk. Um, that uh, leads like, into my question, which is this: How many miles away from crime and stereo is this? Uh, a, a half a, a half a mile, you know, Tom. Yeah, yeah. like job, I, yeah. I'm thinking of the earlier Strike Anywhere material that's. Maybe a little more aggressive is the wrong word, but driving, charging, kind of like punk, punk as opposed to no, like mean, on the popular yeah. side. And it's not me dissing Crime and Sarah. It's a band I like a lot. When I heard this, I was like, oh, okay. This is like it. It has more of a. It has a more mid tempo pacing to it a little bit than up tempo, which I think of when I think of the. Is it the first record, the black and white one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I don't think it's that far afield, honestly, from that record. Okay. But I mean, I think, yeah, like listening to that in Crime and Sarah, and I, I didn't, I never thought of that. But like, the only thing that's different is like the kind of um, the the lyrics. Oh, okay, sure. In terms of like, Changes you know, the sound. That's right. Strike Anywhere is very, very, very political. Mm-hmm. While Crime and Sarah isn't always political, or sometimes not political at all. But that same kind of vocal sound, I can hear it. Well, and, I and feel like musically, I, was like, little- I thought they were closer here. I'm sorry for interrupting, but they, I thought they were closer <laughs> here than I than I had I acknowledged. Because and it was a weird like, oh, huh, all right, this and you know, troubled stateside, or even some mm-hmm. of the is dead. That's mm-hmm. a little bit more, a little less tuned up. Um, I was like, oh, okay, we're right there. Yeah, I, yeah, I never thought of that, but you can totally hear it. Okay, um, soul control cycles. I. Th- think this is after soul control was trying to win if that makes sense <laughs> uh, and that makes it kind of more interesting i still think that this is these songs are short and i still feel this is a little overlong um i don't know soul control is an interesting thing because they were not to be disrespectful they feel maybe the most trapped in amber of these bands in some ways um 
very much of a time in the respect that we were, I don't know. I was kind of told that this was going to be a thing. Um, so yes. I don't know. This is, we've been talking about doing a blips episode. This, uh, this whole control would make the blips despite the fact that they actually have an output. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, soul control has like uh, a demo that was really well received and popular. Like they might've, I believe they did a U.S. tour on a demo and split seven inch. Jeez. Then did an LP on Rivalry, then moved to Bridge Nine. And I think that they actually did a series of singles before this LP, if memory serves. Um, doesn't land uh, for me. They were trying to do something that I think um, guitar player of this band eventually kind of nailed a little bit better in what they were trying to do sonically. I think Soul Control, when they started, were trying to do somewhere between like Burn and a little 108, a little 108, yeah. some groove, mosh, yeah, mid tempo, and you know, some 90s without it being like post new age, if that makes sense. You know, inside out, obviously, thrown in the mix, oh, yeah, and, for sure. And with cycles, uh, different singer than the, the early material. This you captured it well. I think this feels trapped in amber in the late two thousands. Dear God, yeah. All right, uh, Defeater Lost Ground Double Seven Inch. Okay, didn't did not really understand what format this was. <laughs> um, it's Defeater. If you like Defeater, you probably like this. Explain Defeater to the completely unaware. Okay, um, more dramatic. Modern Life Is War. The logical limit <laughs> of Amazing Core. Yes, is that fair? Yes. So uh, everything is uh, a slow build uh, with an anthemic part, um, but not almost. (laughs) This is weird because Defeater is a hardcore band. I think that they consider themselves a hardcore band. And I, Mm -hmm. it's almost, it's anthemic, but not in a way that is necessarily familiar to meat and potatoes, hardcore listeners. Um, it, it, uh, modern life is war is a definite cousin. Uh, yeah. let's, okay. Let's put it like this. Is there a middle ground between, uh, modern life is war and, uh, touche more defeater defeater exists there, uh, with probably a lot of dispute. Uh, yeah, maybe a little lot of dispute. It's, I think a lot of dispute got, might be on the other side of touche from, so yes, we go modern life is war yes. defeater touche, a lot of dispute. So I, I, I know these guys got a lot of respect for these guys. This, uh, this type of music has always been a struggle for me. Um, I, it was very big just before this. Is that right? Time-wise defeater. Yeah. No, I think this is the, this is right into their heyday. Oh, okay. This is like building. Oh yes, you're correct. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, this stuff, doesn't leave a significant impact on me by almost by nature, this type of music, like we're going to get into like for, uh, for, for listeners, uh, you could say that rivalry DNA is in here, but then also, uh, you get at times almost a new age guitar tone. You could Uh, get some of that. I think you are honestly like pulling out, um, you're doing a good job of pointing out the influences I think in there, it's coming from hardcore roots, but saying, yeah, but what else, you know? Um, 
And there's probably someone who heard this and goes, no, this isn't, am- this is exactly amazing core. Yeah. Th- there's oh, some yeah. Bane, there's Bane DNA here. Oh, you know Bane. I mean? Yes. Thank you. So, yes. So like, that's the root of a lot of this stuff. That's actually low key. 2009, yeah. we see in almost any of the melodic stuff, you're seeing some Bane DNA. So just uh, keep that in mind. Um, Defeater doesn't do anything for me. Do we lose Tom? No, we didn't lose. I'm here. Okay, there we go. I'm here. Um, Anything on Defeater for you, Tom? I think it's cool. You know, I I saw it live a couple times. I thought it was fun. You know, I enjoy it, but it's not something that I revisit very often. No, and I think their moment was coming very shortly after this. Um, They were vaguely, and you would know this better than me, Patrick, they were part of kind of that rising wave of stuff with Touche. Yes, that's because okay. I think after after this, they, so this is this is an EP that comes after their first LP on Bridge Nine travels before the second Bridge Nine LP. Oh, the first LP is not even on Bridge Nine; it was on Top Shelf. Damn! So this is the first Bridge Nine release. How about that? There you go. Um, Polar Bear Club chasing Hamburg, not chasing hamburgers, but chasing Hamburg. <laughs> what if they were chasing hamburgers much better um it's just a it's like a deep deep uh journey into the mcdonald's verse uh i'm gonna wet myself so i'm gonna give my piece on this and then uh i'll be back in a minute 10 uh this band is fascinating to me because uh they are maybe the maybe the most peaked early band I can think of no disrespect um I think they had a was it a demo or was it a they had an EP, EP. they had better dead they, red better red and, than dead that's it and, the redder right. the better the redder the better okay so there was there was two though am I correct there was um demo and then the redder the better are yeah the okay first things yeah so so redder the better there was a whole uh there was a slight drama because uh bridge nine uh kind of absorbed that record uh yes. with with the band's permission but not the labels so these things get messy uh mm-hmm. but uh that's why if you own, you might own two copies of this uh everyone yep. um but uh, I just found this band fascinating because uh, people that weren't witness to this, there was an incredible amount of energy around yes. Red or the Better. An incredible amount. and Very, uh, very, very much so. There was labels that were very competitive for it. It was uh, a thing. Uh, fascinating to me also is that they did not want to be a touring band. I think that's interesting. Uh, the uh, singer had... Uh, uh, I think other ambitions, uh, 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 stage wanted to be a yeah, stage performer. Yeah. The- so the theater uh, actor, yeah. Theater oh, actor. Wow. Thank you. So, uh, I'm so ignorant. I'm like, what, what happens on a state of these? I was trying to think about the right way to phrase that too. As I said, besides stage yelling, performer. what happens on a stage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, they did not want to be, uh, a, a, a full-time band. I'm sure somebody in the band did, but, uh, they, got, we can get into that more on the Patreon, but someone changed their mind. Somebody changed their mind, and uh, they. Oh, look at that! It, also, we, maybe we shouldn't go into it on on the Patreon, but uh, maybe we'll tease that we will, and maybe we will. Maybe we uh, will. Maybe we won't. There was a lot of uh, 
labels were going through some weird changes at this time. Uh, there was some new personnel at some of these labels. Um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, and you know, no disrespect because I'm an aging hardcore guy. So I have no beef with this, but there is always a, uh, guy from around who manages to find himself in a new position that may or may not be a fit. Uh, and that was going on at like three different labels <laughs> at, at this yep. time. So it was an interesting moment. Um, but I think that this band's, it, 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 they pursued whatever they wanted to, and it wasn't at all what made them pop. What made them pop was and they were essentially weird. like a hardcore, exciting version of like hot water music style stuff. Yeah, it's pop hot water music. Right. Yes. And then they y- young, more, young water music. Yeah. So then they went lukewarm water music here. And uh, which means to say they went more of that hot water music sound, less of the pop and excitement from the better, the redder, the redder, the better EP um, on that Moses Moody, Moody Moses thing right now, Tom. Um, but uh, this record's fine. I can't say anything bad about it, but it doesn't no. catch me. The redder, the better. Straight up, uh, people should check that out. If you like more melodic stuff, if you like run for cover type stuff, you should check that EP out. Yeah. Kind of like a precursor to that scene, I think. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the stuff that I heard on on this um, playlist kind of reminded me of like, oh, this is like just before yes. the run for cover pivot. 100%. All right. Um, uh, yo, okay. Last one from this Bridge 9 section. Ruiner, Hell is Empty. Very different than I remember. Uh, <sighs> what did you remember it as? I remember straight up Amazing Core. Okay. And, yes, and yeah, I, I remembered melodic, aggressive melodic. It's It's got more going on than I thought. Uh, and it is... Um, <laughs> this is so bizarre. I'm giving the weirdest review. It's a bit more playful than I anticipated. Uh, it wasn't, not everything was going for anthemic. Not everything was going for a build. Uh, yep. I, I, to be honest, it didn't stick with me necessarily, but I kind of liked it a lot more than its cousins. Who would you identify as their cousins? Cause I think this, uh, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, but I, I think that's an interesting way to kind of situate ruiners talk about who they were around. Well, so some might throw them in uh, with kind of the, uh, so, so some might throw them in more have heart side of things. Yeah. Uh, I, I always saw them as kind of versy, you know, uh, and that's actually a good place to put them. I also put them, they were in with the kind of the killing the dream. Right. Sure. Uh, doesn't sound like either there. one though. No, Does doesn't it? sound like no. that more, more. I mean, yeah, I hate to use it more straightforward, but then more, more melodic and trying to do different things. So, um, Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the tone mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. 
Thanks for checking it out. Never got Ruiner. This is miles beyond, I think, their EP, I think. Um, and this is the first time I ever heard it. So, What do you think of Tom? I think it was fine. Like Again, like nothing that I – a lot of these things that I know were very big at the time, I was so fucking crazy with – Yeah school and shit that i was and work i was working full-time going to law school full-time yes. so i know all the best so a lot of the stuff and i'm like oh i'm finally making the time 11 12 years later to hear these bands that i know were big and popular <laughs> yeah yeah right it, it happens it's totally cool totally cool i get why people fucking like it um like i don't know if i'd ever go back and listen to it yeah i think i mean i would that's that's mean i think i would but it wouldn't be the first one that there's a few things on here that i had never heard before Look, I, um, I think there's a reason the bands first. who stand out from this era really, really stand out. Yeah. And Ruiner falls in between a couple cracks. And I think uh, they eventually, they got their flowers when they broke up. They had a, what I remember to be a very large last Giant show. Last yep. show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were coming from that Baltimore scene that wasn't really a scene yet. When they started, they yeah. were doing stuff. It was them and pulling teeth, and there was a good group of like local bands. Um, but they're very w- spread out, though, like Stout, and there were like bands. Oh. Was, like, none of these bands. There was no band. There was no. There's no. Well, there was no torch. There was no trapped under ice, no trapped under ice till there was trapped under ice. You know, there's the yeah. Nick X Furies, and there's these bands that were kind of like local locals. You know, and Ruiner to me always felt like a band who was very ambitious both in their scope and in what they wanted to do sonically and none of it totally hit for me but there were also people who who loved them the, you know yeah. i think if people people who like dangers you're probably going to like dangers better but ruiner isn't a billion miles off sure that makes sense okay guys that was bridge 9 um did we skip one did we skip one did we skip one no we just kind of we skipped a few no, what are you? Are, are you going? Are you using the playlist? I'm using my list. Yeah, we got. Oh, okay. We got. We got to touch on Mother of Mercy, which was a, that's coming. Hype. That's not on. That's not on Bridge Nine. Oh, gotcha. So, so we're gonna and get is into that foundation it. record. Not on Bridge Nine. Nope. That, Interesting. That stuff is on Six Feet Under. Oh, sure. So, um, Six Feet Under label by the bass player of Blacklisted, Dave Sausage, out of Philadelphia yes. area. This is coat enthusiast. Coat enthusiast really likes nice shoes. Knows a lot about clothing. Um, Got into graded comic books. So shout out to Dave. Great dude. Oh yeah, big into the collecting stuff. Um, Smart dude who loves loves hardcore. Uh, And Six Feet Under was doing a lot at this time, including the Mother of Mercy LP. So this comes out uh, off the huge success of their two EPs on Collapse Records. (laughs) <laughs> and uh this one's good it they start to this one i remembered it being kind of like they're going for a little bit more rock elements because they were trying to figure out what to do with the sound how to expand it um and i think they nail it on certain songs but then there's other songs that i'm a little bit washed on um overall i i think it's a good record one of the this is my favorite bob wilson band same and uh, I do I I can't I clearly have a bias towards the EPs. Um, EPs are great, but this is good, and I, I think yeah, they were good. doing something different with the sound. And live at this time, they were just like they were really going hard. And I think uh, you know when they would go tour, they were great. Um, I happened to see them at some point not too long after this, maybe 2010 in San Antonio, and uh, they played in front. It was 
one of those big tours where I think they might have been on tour with Agnostic Front, and they just happened to play, uh, you know, a weekday show in a city where the people were going to show up when Agnostic Front played. And so I was one of like 15, Rush. and I was just, you know, not audibly, but visibly heckling Bob from the stage, and he took it like a champ. So <laughs> shout out. Uh, Patrick, did you revisit? I did. I. This is probably my yeah. This is probably my favorite Bob Wilson band, but I still don't like it. I don't know if I'm the wrong age or some shit. It just doesn't hit me. I don't know why. That's it. I don't like. I don't even have like a real criticism here. So so here's we might need to say what separates this band from the rest. This is why we got to hit 2009 because there's a lot of this stuff that's like there's a little bit of so Mother Mercy. Here's the thing it's similar in tempo to a lot of the other stuff that's going on where it's like, it's fast, but it never gets blazing fast. It's mid tempo mostly. Yes. What they do a little differently is there's a little bit more, um, a little more rocking, but not in the hope con way, a little bit more in the riffy way, like bigger riffs, thicker riffs, if that makes any sense. Um, they do it successfully without it being even a touch corny here. Uh, but the tracks from the EPs hit me harder than maybe everything but one or two songs off this LP. Mm. Right? And that's how we'll try to differentiate stuff as we go through is like, what makes this different? Next one up, Tom, do you have anything on mom? You said they were, this is your favorite Bob Wilson band, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I think the seven inches are, are their best stuff, but the LPs are all, all good. Yeah. In, in their own way. You know what I mean? I think they're, you know, he's got a cool voice. Yeah. And I really I like also the, sets him apart. I like the production on his voice on this record. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, d- I dig it. Yeah, cool band, cool name, did cool stuff. Um, Tom, kick us off on Nails Obscene Humanity, first Nails record. I did not realize. Why is that not on my list here? Did we? It might we not be here? on streaming. Mm. Let's say Nails. It should be on streaming. It's fucking Nails. Um, I'm seeing humanity. Obscene yep. Humanity, 2013. Well, it's 2013 on streaming. It was originally released in 2009. Um, um, it was re-released. So this record was initially released uh, as a oh god, what's what was Todd's label name? It was Street uh, Street Cleaner. Uh, Street originally cleaner. released on Street Cleaner and Six Feet Under. Um, this is like the uh, gestational version of Nails. Yeah, you could tell something was was gonna happen. Yeah, like this is cool, and then they kind of grew into it. Like, yeah, they were the they were the puppy with the big paws. <laughs> yeah, on Silent Death, they but, can knock you down and bite you. Yeah, like you knew they were gonna be something awesome, but like this is a very good start. To, I remember hearing this and be like, "This this is the, the kid from Terror and Carry On." Like, what the fuck is happening? And I was not expecting this whatsoever. This all. is Todd coming off the last band he did that was like people knew what it was, was Betrayed. Right. This is a bit wow, different than yeah, Betrayed. Yeah, I guess that was a, you li- know? a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, there is a world where if you listen to this record, this could have gone full noise core. You know what I mean? Because it's really yeah. buzzy. And you go, oh, if he wanted, he could have gone and played in that scene on this, whereas he went much more you know, hardcore grindcore with Unsilent Right, Death. right, right. So, yeah. Um, not the nails material I revisit. The nails material I re- revisit is Unsilent Death and Abandon All Life, really. So, 
Um, I mean, that was a, yeah, I even like the latter day stuff. I just like the recordings on the latter day stuff a little better. Oh, I think the, I think the latter day stuff has the tracks. I have a, yeah. a a certain element of nostalgia for the Unsilent Death and Unsilent Death. Sure, it, it just has those hardcore Ripper elements. Like I don't think that record gets credit. It's like, man, there's elements of it. That is, I'm like, yo, this is a record like kids can mosh to too. You know, um, yes. Whereas it, it, I'm sure you can you can really hurt someone to later nail stuff, but it's it's yeah. you know like if you're playing a punk fest, you play Unsilent Death. Um. Where are you at on nails, Patrick? This is the record I like best. Interesting. Okay. What gets you? Uh, this is the one with the with the one really long, uh, it kind of uh, a lurching song at the end, right? Um, is it the white? Uh, was it originally? It is the white. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, th- so I would have. I know everybody likes nails for how like fucking like just man- manically fucking intense it is and all that, but. I'm pretty sure this is the record with the uh, at least one slow, longer song that I wish Nails had become. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think this is a funny place to look at Nails and think about what, where they could have gone and then to see like a very girthy discography, you know? Mm. All right. Um, not so girthy discography, the band Gypsy with the relatively distant slash skeleton parade single. This is um, Alex from Cold World, right. uh, Dave Foster, some other uh, oh, wow, northeastern okay. Pennsylvania locals, legends. Um, right. Now, from what I remember, I remember when this first came out, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. weren't there like, there were two like kind of like Cold World side projects. It was Pegasus yep. yes. and Gypsy, That's right? right. Yep. Pegasus was straight up leeway. V- very much leeway. But I thought Gypsy was more Jawbreaker. That's what I this. thought, and this doesn't sound like Jawbreaker at all to me. No, Are you really? This reminds me of Kill Holiday a little bit. Yeah, this did not. I was expecting a straight up Jawbreaker band, and this does not sound like Jawbreaker. No, band. right, Pat? Am I right? Like, didn't you remember being like, "Oh yeah, this is like that's how it was, doing so, that's how like it was sold to stuff. me." Yeah, I feel like I've heard. Is this their own? There's got to be more material out there that sounds like Jawbreaker because I didn't make that up. This sounds a lot like Jawbreaker to me. No, not to me. Totally, it totally doesn't. Yeah, no, I, uh, I mean, I, I when I listened to this, this one I listened to intensely, and I thought it sounded like some of the like demoier, like lo-fi Jawbreakery stuff. Like I think it was going for that. I don't know if you guys are. I don't like Jawbreaker that much, um, but I thought this was hitting in there with maybe a little of like the like maybe some built to spill in there too but just the i don't like the production on this one i think the lp is much better um a lot so there is an lp okay there's a there's a lot of product well i haven't gotten into it because we haven't hit any like truly bum sounding records but there's a lot of production i do not like this year wow look at pat speaking that truth sorry i'm just trying to look it up what do we got next Hang on. Is this? This wasn't. It was. I was. It's very good. It's good. But for some reason, I remember hearing something and being like, "Oh, this is like when they." I think they they straight they, up Jawbreaker. Do you think they're LP or maybe, it must be maybe that, because I remember it. hearing something and actually being really kind of impressed with how good it was, how well it was done, and because I remember thinking Pegasus was dope too. But I remember being like, "Oh wow, this is like because no one, Jawbreaker wasn't like as prevalent." At the time in 2009, no, you know what it, I mean. It was in one of their lulls, right? So, like for them to do something like that, it was like oh, this is fucking cool, man. Like, 
a band trying to sound like Drawbreaker. And then these two songs, I was like, this is not how I remember this. Huh. I thought but, I, mean, I, I yeah. thought the song relatively distant sounded a lot like Jawbreaker, but um, you know, maybe maybe for the uninitiated, it does. Um, so so the other, it's not on your playlist because I don't. It's hard to find on streaming. Yeah, Tom, is Pegasus. Um, the, is that also two thousand nine? That's also two thousand nine. Interesting. Wow. So yeah. So you actually nailed it without even knowing it. Um, Leeway. It's it's Nick Woj singing. Uh, there's some folklore behind it. Uh, it's I believe members of um, Step Forward and Mental and Cold World and okay. some other stuff. Um, and initially. George from Blacklisted was going to do vocals on this. Uh-huh. And whatever happens, I believe there was some weird stuff because of like some recording issues and uh, it kind of went buried. And then uh, Nick took some time and threw down some vocals. And here we are. Um, oh, so this was like laying in playing dormant for a while not not like a long time but a couple years i think yeah i think it was oh, like wow. okay. uh, you know they dusted it off um i believe that either band play shows what's that did either gypsy or gypsy pegasus definitely played play shows. shows um pegasus okay. i believe played a couple i know they played um the joe hardcore benefit show in philly with floor punch and it was oh, wow. okay. awesome really cool set and nick was a great front man and it was just it, oh, and he wow. sounded really good and he he was cool on stage and it was it was really good um did he play drums on the record i, I Sorry, think like, do you remember this thing from 13 years ago that's the part I'm, <laughs> that's the part i'm fuzzy on because in my head in my head dfj is in this band and I'm not looking it up, but I should look it up. Let me see no. if I can pull up some information. Do these exist on physical? I, they, yes, I you did seven. Well, obviously. Yes. Um, so we're going to have to do some. Oh, here it is. Okay. I've got the EP. Let's. Hey, let me Google this, guys. Um, <laughs> Go in. I love it. Let's see. <laughs> Bob's going to be like, while you guys were talking, I was Googling the Pegasus. Let me pull this history. up. So let me see if there's even any information about it on here. Discogs. No, not really. Okay. Yeah. So. So. Nick sings, Haroon and Arthur play guitar. Yeah. Skase plays bass okay. and DFJ plays drums. That makes sense to me. So um, Okay. That's yes. a super group. Yeah. That's a mental. The, right? That's mostly mental. Is that right? Two two dudes from mental, uh three two dudes three dudes from Cold World. Skase was in both. And Arthur, who was in War Hungry and has produced, you know, every Oh, is it? Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So um this is a band who it's like, damn, wish there was more material because it would have been cool to see more. But also, sometimes it's cool when shit just exists. Like, this is it. These three songs, these five songs, this, you know, this is it. And this one stands out a little bit from the time because there wasn't much else that sounded like this. And no. uh, it stood out. All right. Um, now, I believe we're getting into Foundation, the Hang Your Head record. And there was a couple splits around this time. Uh, a meantime, split seven inch two. Uh, but I think it's all collected on the Hang Your Head like digital yeah. version. So uh, Foundation Hang Your Head. What do you guys should start and go in on this? Sure. This has some of the hits. Like, I think it's like the beginning of like, you know, each each release that they came out with after this got exponentially better. Yeah. Um, you know, there's probably let's like 
Hanger had's a hit, big hit. Heartless was a big hit. Um, but I think you know this was them. I it feels like they were relative. This was relatively early for them. I think um, the record, the LP after this was good, was really good, and then that final EP was was their best material. This was, you know, yeah. I mean, this is them. This is them kind of taking over the southern half of the United States, <laughs> the southern quarter of the United States of America. So how do you describe uh, this yeah. sound as different? Like, this is significantly less heavy than the Bridge Nine LP or the last EP on Jock. Yeah, I mean, I think this, to me, they always reminded me, like, of Turmoil. Okay. Um, I, I think, I don't know if the songs are necessarily... I mean, the last the last EP, the Jock EP, is like fucking just like super ridiculously heavy. I don't know how far this is off the Bridge Nine LP. Just the recordings are different. I think the material themselves aren't like that much different in terms of like heaviness. You see, I think the Bridge Nine LP is where they get crunchier. Like here, I think they nod at it, but like you can squint can see and yeah. see a, feel a little more like New Age or '90s here. And like certainly some some stuff that you're pretty familiar with, um, yeah. <laughs> but I think they get crunchier with the LP, um, and I think there could be a Foundation fan who vibes on this material more than the later. Though you guys are right, they they I think they just this is where it started. They started gaining steam and continued yeah. to build. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's people that only like this and didn't like when they got heavier and crunchier. And like, yeah. at the end, it's like moshy as fuck, like the last EP. Um, but yeah, I think this was like the start of like a renaissance yeah. down in in the South. You know, yeah, below Richmond. Richmond always had something going on. But I feel like in the Georgia and Carolinas and Florida and stuff like that, I feel like this was like a very important turning point record for a lot of um, the younger folks down there. Uh, facts. And I think if you ask people all over now you know i asked a, a dude who was a friend from new jersey i was like all right pick a band have heart or foundation and they couldn't pick one they were like fuck it's too hard it's tough yep so pat where are you at Very on great. foundation everybody i'm famous on that fun foundation my take rings bells around the country which is uh, uh it took them forever to get a recording that sounded good uh this this record certainly has some tracks should sound better, but you know. But lot you don't think they ever got until that last EP. They never realized what they sound like. Yeah, live. is that your I, artist? That's not a hot take. Yeah, but every time the energy live is a whole different ball game. Yeah, that's true. It really is, and that last record kind of did its best to to cat to capture it. But I see what you mean. Okay. Foundation, phenomenally important oh. band. Yes. There we go. Sorry. Uh, True Colors, Rush of Hope. Uh, so this is peak Euro to me. Um, doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, certainly not my sound. Uh, yeah. I found, well done. I found it very capably played, though, actually. Yes. And yeah. if you're wondering why I would leave that comment, it's because there's a couple fucking things on this list that are not. So, <laughs> I, so I noticed... You noticed when it was good. Um, this is a uh, European straight edge hardcore band. Um, sort of OGs at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And a band that, you know, did the damn thing. Um, have you heard Justice? If you would like to hear Justice 
trying to sound more like youth of today than underdog, give True Colors a shot. They that's mm. that's there. Yeah, this is well done. Yeah, I mean, like it's one of those things that like the name always like I always knew the name and like I'd hear a song here or there, but like completely capable played straight edge hardcore. I like the vocals. I like the vocals. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, it kind of sets it apart a little bit. Yeah. Fifty lines. Pat's favorite band. Fifty lines. Australia. Um, Fifty lines, and this record is called "Where Life Expires." <laughs> That's almost as dramatic as testing the limits of the infinite, which is the uh, Reign Supreme one. Yes. Uh, everybody was on something at this time. Uh, this is heavy. This is heavy hardcore of the era. Moshy, much- moshy yeah. modern terrorist. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's it's got the the kind of all the things you would be looking for, um, and maybe it tickles your pickle. For me, this this didn't separate itself enough from the crowd for me, other than the fact they were from Australia. And like, I think that was one of the things that was like, you're getting a, a like a global stage for modern hardcore where it's like, hey, these bands aren't also rands or not good enough to be considered by us labels us labels were like giving time and attention to bands from all over at this point true yeah yeah but i feel like there's one there was like there's certain eras and this is one of them that like the like you know like american nightmare was their dna dna was ended up being in everything yes and i feel like at a certain point like then there was no warning then it was like fuck every band sounds like terror to me yeah i think you're right there's there's a lot of terror and i think you know what I mean? And like, I get why. I don't think 50 lines. I, mean, would I think be there's ins- so much. And of I don't think 50 lines would be insulted to be said, hey, is this the no, terror no, no, of Australia? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't mean that in any way. Of course you know, not. But no, it's no. like, I feel like they're so kind of like baked into everything that it's like, oh, OK. Like, even if you're not aiming for this, this is what you're getting. Yeah. So this is what you sound So like. when we started talking about the overall sound of 2009, you're getting some certain splices and we'll, maybe we'll identify more. But I think. On one side, you're getting Bane DNA, and another side, you're getting Terror DNA. And guess what? There's a lot of shared chromosomes. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and sure. You, you hit the certain production, you're going to find yourself somewhere in there. Um, guys, I think, where are we at? Damn, we're at like two hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty serious stuff. This over is here. serious. We're taking this to a second episode. We're going to move a little quicker through that. Um, and, yeah, because the second episode has a lot of punch, too. Um, yeah, here we go. See you for part two next week. See ya.